If you have your Bible, will you please turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And uh, we want to read, first of all, the word of the Lord. And uh, we'll not worry about time. I know everyone says of time. But, you know, we need to be still. Uh, and we need to take time uh, to exalt and to lift up uh, the Savior. So if you have your Bible, please turn uh, to Romans chapter 10. And it will start to read at verse 8. And if you could also look in your Bible, turn to First John chapter 2. We'll be turning to read three verses in First John chapter 2. We're starting to read at Romans chapter 10 and reading at verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who have believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Turn with me please to 1 John uh, chapter 2 and reading verses 15 and 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. We know what the Lord will bless his word and With the word of God open, let us turn to the Lord for his help and turn in prayer. Lord, as we bow humbly in your presence again, Lord, we thank thee for the ministry of song. And we thank you, Lord, little as much when God is in it. And we thank you, Lord, there is a crown and we can win it if we will but go today. And Lord, as we come before thee, we thank you for what thou hast accomplished for us at the place called Calvary. Lord, we thank you for leaving heaven's glory. We thank you, Lord, for coming to this sin-cursed earth. And thank you, Lord, for going all the way to the cross to die for sinful men and women like we. Lord, we thank you for your precious blood that you shed for us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that Calvary was no accident. It's not spilt blood. But praise God, it's shed blood. And we thank you, Lord, you shed it for rebels and you shed it for sinners. 
And praise God, you shed it for me. Lord, we take a moment to remember those that are unwell. We remember Isaac, we remember Naomi. We pray for these two young people, that Lord, your hand will be upon them and you'll perfect that which concerns them. And we pray for their family circles, that they'll find God to be their refuge and strength and a very present help in a time of trouble. Lord, as we come to testify and to tell how you saved us and what you mean to us, Lord, hide us behind the cross. Lord, grant to us judgment day honesty. And we pray that in this meeting, the Saviour will be uplifted and glorified for Jesus' sake. Amen. It is a joy again to be with you tonight. And when I first came here a few weeks, a few months ago, usually where I'd go somewhere new, I I would usually just share a quick uh, word of testimony to tell how the Lord saved me and what the Lord means even to me. You know, it is a privilege and it is an honor to be able to give testimony to the saving and to the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would repeat the words of the Apostle Paul, God forbid that I should glory, saved in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all I am before you is a sinner, saved by grace. I was born on the 11th of the 10th, 1975, I was born in Craigavonary Hospital and I was born into a good home and they reared in the townland of Cloncourt just there in the Birches, brought home to a little small farm and there brought up by loving parents, being the oldest of four, our life was really farm life. Whenever we are able to crawl and walk, you were out amongst the the farm life and then amongst the cattle and then amongst all that goes on in the farm. And so childhood for me have many wonderful and very precious memories. Being brought up on a farm and as many maybe here tonight, that same background. You had your chores to do. You had your work to do. You had everything else that had to be seen to. And yet in the midst of that farm life, they had its trials and disappointments and many heartaches along the way but truly we can say looking back the Lord is good and we can say all our hand of needeth the hand the Lord hath provided and great is his faithfulness I was born into that home and reared there in the birches but when we were a, a, a child I was confer- I was baptized as a little child and then at the age of 13 I was confirmed And there we were brought up in that local church and sent along every Sunday. But you know, at the age of seven, I joined the Boys Brigade. I went into what was known as the Robins and stayed in the Boys Brigade up until the age of 18 years of age. And looking back again through my childhood life and certainly coming through the Boys Brigade, I have many, many precious memories And even to this day, I'm thankful for that. I never forget the motto of the Boys Brigade, that we have an anchor that is steadfast and sure. And certainly that was taught to us, the importance of that anchor, and that anchor being Christ. And so there from a child, certainly in that organization, being taught uh, the importance of the anchor and the importance of Christ. But you know, at the age of 12, I joined 
uh, the junior orange. And then at 16, I went into the Grand Orange of Ireland and then into the Royal Black. And at 13 years of age, I joined one of the local flute bands, that being Hillhaven uh, Flute Band. And can I say tonight that the band became most of my youth time in life. Looking back, I have to say honestly that I enjoyed the band and had many, many precious memories of being in a flute band. But you know, as I read to you there from Romans or from First John uh, chapter 1 and 2, those three verses could sum up my life. As it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And that can sum up my life tonight. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And you know, I loved the band, and it was the pride of my life. And certainly every Saturday, every Friday, Saturday night, and I Wednesday night band practice, that was part of what I did. Uh, praying the streets of Ulster and going to many of those parades and enjoying all that was in the world and to have there at your disposal. But you know, if I look back on my life tonight and was to say there's one great gift and one great blessing that the Lord gave in my life and that was to have a Christian mother. A mother who was saved and a mother who loves the Lord. And I have to say tonight, and I'm not going to go into the sins of my life. There are many things I did in my life tonight that I would look back and certainly would regret. There are many scars on my life tonight. But I praise God tonight that all those scars and all those sins are covered and washed in his precious blood. You know, ladies and gentlemen, and to young people tonight, I would, I would urge you to this, is this, is to choose your friends wisely, to choose your company wisely. Because my mother used to always quote that little chorus, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to stand outside a public house, and dare to make it known. But you know, to my shame, I never listened to the words of my mother. And I entered into those public houses where mom taught us never to go. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, truthfully, I broke a mother's heart. It was she who removed the vomit from the shirts. It was she who removed the blood from the seat, from the shirts. But it was she who prayed daily for her wayward son. You know what, whenever you had a band uniform on, it was easy. No one ever asked your age. You were just handed it there and then. Some nights you never knew how you were getting home. But yet in all your sinful way, God brought us home. Until the age of 16 years of age, we ended up going to the coach in Bam Bridge, into the Belmont and over many other nightclubs that were going then and you know ladies and gentlemen it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to stand here tonight and to share a word of testimony I didn't deserve his mercy I didn't deserve his grace 
As I said, the only way we ever heard the gospel was whenever mom would have brought us to little meetings. We were sent along to Dungannon Free Presswood here in church on a Wednesday night to the children's meeting. And there we listened faithfully as the word of God was preached and as the word of God was taught. I'll never forget our sister and I know they come here and attend here and I remember her teaching that and I remember the courses that they used to sing and one of them was our God is is so big and so tall and there's nothing that our God cannot do. But there was one course they always sang. No, you can't get to heaven without salvation. S-L-A-V-A-T. And I remember them singing that and hammering that chorus into us every Wednesday night. No, you can't get to heaven without S-L-A-V-A-T-I-O-N. Salvation. But you know, I would all my sinful way and I would all my sinful life. Mom would have brought us to missions with Len Pickering in little orange halls around the area. And we all loved Len and Len loved us. And we certainly enjoyed the times as we listened to Len as he shared the gospel and he preached the gospel. But the change in my life was to come just before my 18th birthday. As I said, my life was beginning then to take a downward spiral. The the ways of the world, the nightclub and all of the things were there. And as I said, I don't want to give the world or the devil any of that glory at all. But I remember one Saturday night as I was getting ready to go over to Bambridge to the coach. And mom, she took the literature of Seamus Milligan. The mom would have made the soda bread. She always made her soda bread on a Saturday evening. And there I say by half ten some nights the bread might have gone. <laughs> you know how it is, that soda bread is sitting there and it's very tempting. But mom made it. But one night as we were getting ready to go over to the coach, she took the literature of Seamus Milligan and she began to read it. And in that literature and in that sermon of Seamus Milligan, it was about heaven and it was about hell. And I'll never forget it to the day I die. Mom, she turned her little farls on the griddle and she was wiping her eyes and it wasn't the powder or the flour that was in her eyes, it was tears. And she turned and she said, Stephen, will you not put it off? Will you not consider not going tonight? And I looked out our back door and I looked to the, the shed walls and I was just watching for the lights of the cars, for the car to come to take us. And I just sat there and I never answered her and I never spoke. And I just gave her that little kiss as I did and said, Mom, I'll see you in the morning. But you know, on the way over to Balm Bridge, the Lord began to speak. And I began to sit in that taxi and I began to think, if this car goes off the road tonight, where will I be in eternity? I can remember the words of my mother, will you not put it off tonight? When I got over to Balm Bridge, I just pushed it all behind and went on what we do on a Saturday night. But the band had started up again in Easter time. And my cousin had got saved in the band and was beginning to live his life for the Lord. And one Saturday night, and I was in an awful mess and an awful state. 
And they got me into the car. And I remember David as he left me off at the house. And he, he said, you're coming with me to Bethany tomorrow night. Be ready for half six for I'm lifting you. And I'm not taking no for an answer. I got up on a Sunday morning. And I, rung, I phoned him. And I said, David, did you tell me you're bringing me to church tonight? He said, I did, and I'm still coming. And I'll be ready for half six. True enough, David came. And David brought us over to Bethany Free Presbyterian Church on a Sunday night. And ladies and gentlemen, can I say this tonight? Someone who was not familiarized with the gospel, someone who had never really heard the preaching of the gospel, And as I sat there on Sunday night listening to the ministry and to the preaching of the word of God. All that I had been taught in my childhood. All that I had been taught from right up until that point in my life. I was now beginning to think seriously about. I was hearing a message of one who left heaven's glory. One who went all the way to the cross of Calvary. To die for a sinner like me. As I listened and as the gospel was preached, little did I know that God was beginning to work in my heart and in my soul. From June up until July, I couldn't sleep. I tossed with this question in my mind, if I die, where will I be in eternity? I remember one night at the bomb parade and I just wasn't myself I just couldn't get into the atmosphere, into the getting on what I usually would do. I was under conviction. And I'll tell a little bit about it in a moment or two, but my mom prayed that God would make me sick of my sin. And every time I was drinking, I was vomiting. And I was beginning sick of my sin. I came home that night. And I wanted to get saved. And you know what? I didn't know how to get saved. And I wanted to go into my room and ask, Mom, will you point me to the Lord? But I didn't want to cause a fuss. And as I lay there at a quarter to twelve, and I just didn't know how to get saved, I just got out of my bed. And I got down at the side of my bed and I said, Lord, if you hear me, Lord, will you come into my heart tonight and will you save my soul? I ask this in your precious name. Amen. I got in the bed and I slept. David came that night and I never said a word. I went to Bethany again. I listened to the preacher as he preached the word of God and as he closed, he said these final words. He says, are you sure Are you ready to meet the Lord? And after he closed in prayer, I turned to David and I said, David, I want to see that man. I want to speak to that man. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to be sure. I wanted to be dead sure that I was saved and ready for heaven. I went into the little minister's room. I told the minister what I did the night before. And I suppose I said, I don't really feel any different. And he says, well, Stephen, it's not feelings, it's faith. 
And he took me to the passage that I read to you, Romans 10 and verse 13. And he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says, you see what it says, whosoever. He says, if you put your name in there with a whosoever, and you turn from your sin and you call upon the name of the Lord, he shall see, he will save you. And then he turned me to John 3 and 16. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, there's the whosoever will again. And he said, he loves you and he died for you. And he went all the way to the cross of Calvary. And if you put your name in there and you believe in him, you'll not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I left Bethany Free Presbyterian Church in July 1994, a new man in Christ, because it was there where I accepted Christ as my own and personal saviour. I went out into the car park and there was six or seven of them were all there. And I went into that car park that Sunday evening and I just said, David, I've got saved. I've got saved. I went home and I said, I am going to tell the one who has prayed all her life for me, the one who broke her heart. Mom saw the change. She noticed the little Bible was sitting at my bedside. She noticed that the CDs of rave music and pop music was beginning to go. There was a different tape. There was a different song. And there was a different language. And a different character. And so one night, we were milking the cows and she turns and she says, Stephen, why did David get you a Bible? And I said, Mom, I've got saved. Can I say tonight, the milk flowed out of the cows, but the tears flowed out of the eyes. Her wayward son had come home. And I'll never forget the words Mom said that day. She says, one thing is to be saved, but it's the going on that counts. And you know, when God saves, God keeps. Ladies and gentlemen, that was 1984 when the Lord saved me. And he has kept me ever since. Do you know, I went into the, I stayed in the band for one more year. And I remember that night in Bethany when they sung that hymn. When I survey the wondrous cross in which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but lost. And poor content and all my pride. The one thing I love so much. I took that uniform <coughs> at the end of Rich Hill Bomb Parade. And I handed it over to the bandmaster and I said, I'll not be back. He said, well, you can do the July parades if you wish. And I said, no. I says, when I go, I go. I'll not be back. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, when I was out of it, I was sitting at home in September, October, and I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. I wasn't affiliated to any church. I didn't belong to any church. It was Church of Ireland, and 
And my mum turned to me one Wednesday night and she said, why did you go to Bethany? Why did you go to the prayer meeting? And I says, you know, mum, I think I will. And so I went to the prayer meeting in Bethany. And I sat under the ministry of the Reverend Elliot. And I have to say, God blessed my soul. As I sat every Wednesday night listening to the saints of God as they prayed, as the Reverend Elliot taught the word of God and preached the word of God, the Lord began to work mightily and powerfully in my life. He broke me down. He broke me down. He took away everything that I counted to be dear. And all I had was him. And then I listened to people pray and I thought, how on earth could I ever pray like that? And I listened to the saints of God as they prayed for souls and prayed for the work of God and prayed for God to move. I remember Mr. Agate saying, you know, if you've never prayed before, he was always good at that, of getting people to pray for the first time in the prayer meeting. He said, just pray, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. And that night, ladies and gentlemen, one night in the prayer meeting, I began to pray in the place of prayer. It's one thing from prayer, then comes service. And as I began to pray and learn and be taught of the word of God, one elder came to me one night and he says, would you take over the youth fellowship? We've been watching you, we've been watching how you're growing and progressing in the Lord. And we feel that the Lord would have you to run the youth fellowship in Bethany. I says, what? To run the youth? I says, I can't even preach. And he says, well, the Lord will help you do that. And so Mr. Elliot and the session appointed me to be the youth leader of Bethany Free Presbyterian Church. And I've been there for 18 years. Over 18 years working amongst young people. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I could tell you, Many things that the Lord have done. I remember my first sermon to the young people. And it was seven minutes long. <laughs> seven minutes long. And I remember saying to Mr. After two weeks or three weeks. I said to Mr. Elliot. I can't do this. They're not even listening. He says you think they're not listening. He says keep at it. I remember getting down before the Lord. And I said Lord. You've got to help me here. And the Lord gave me a great promise. He said, A great and a factual door have I opened unto thee, and no man shall shut it. And God has kept that door open ever since. It has been a privilege to teach the word of God to young people. It has been a joy to lead young people to Christ. It's been an even greater joy to see those that you've led to the Lord to go on and to serve the Lord. As many know, we now preach around the country. And little did I know, whenever the Lord was saving me that night, that the Lord would take me and use me to be a preacher of the word of God. I've never been to Bible college. And I don't think I might ever will be. People say, what college did you go to? I simply say, I went to the school of Mary. I sat at the feet of Jesus and the Lord taught me from his word. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't have turned you to one verse in the scripture. I couldn't even have quoted you one verse of the word of God. But ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Lord can do. 
the Lord can take you from the dunghill and he can set you upon a rock. He can establish your goings. He can put a new song in your heart and your mouth to show forth his praises. The Lord has blessed us. As I say, I could tell you many things that the Lord have done. But the Lord has blessed us with a wife and two young children. And even better still, the Lord has blessed us with household salvation. It's good to know that my children are trusting in the Lord. And they have their trials and their temptations and their difficulties. And I just pray that the Lord will keep them and protect them. And in his will, that the Lord will take them and he will use them for his honour and his glory. But you know, young people, ladies and gentlemen, in life there are trials and there are difficulties and there are struggles. But in the midst of all of trials and sorrows and difficulties, we have an anchor that is steadfast and sure. And that anchor is Christ. I wonder tonight, is Christ your anchor? Have you entered in at the cross? Have you trusted in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you say tonight as we sang our hymn, It is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Is it well? With your soul. My dear friend tonight. Are you saved? Just like that minister said that night. When I came to Christ. Are you sure. You're ready. For heaven. My friend it doesn't matter what you're in tonight. It doesn't matter what organization you may be in. What counts as this. Is that you're in Christ. And you're saved and washed in his precious blood. For if you're not saved, and my friend, if Christ was to come tonight, or your little heart was to stop beating, you would go from this scene of time out into the darkness of eternity and be lost and be lost forever. As I said, as I close, the Lord has opened up the door for us in the CW Hall and poured it down. And how the Lord opened that door was amazing. We had a youth mission, a fortnight youth mission in, our, in that little hall. and The Lord saved many souls in it. And when I closed the door, I never thought I'd be back in the hall. Until three or three months later, the Lord laid it in the man's heart to ask us, would we take that work over? And I prayed about it. And I stepped out in faith knowing that it would be an independent work. There'd be, say, no protection of the church body that would be behind you. And I remember the Lord gave us that verse, Whithersoever thou goest, I am with thee. That was in 2009. And again, we're still there tonight. There's a little casino just across the road. Now and again we get the wee men coming home from the pubs on a Sunday night. And they drop in to hear the word of God. And old W.P. Nickerson's motto is still on the wall. And this is, motto, this is Nickerson's motto. Souls for Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're here tonight. 
for your soul. That you would come to Jesus Christ and be saved. And be saved for all eternity. Don't miss it. Don't miss the cross. Don't miss God's great offer of salvation. For how shall ye escape if ye neglect so great, so great a salvation? I finish my testimony tonight by saying, To God be the glory for great things he have done.